Welcome to episode 58 of the BCF ORG podcast, The Business of Business. I'm Brian Fisher. In the previous episode, 57, our guest was Bessie Graham discussing financial and personal fulfillment. This podcast series focuses on the various subjects and topics to help you run a successful, profitable business. They're approximately 10 to 15 minutes long, so you can listen while commuting. Hopefully, you'll find one or two takeaways to implement per episode. Today's episode discusses leadership and work-life balance. Our guest is Miriam Maima, Managing Partner at Evolution, who is based out of New York, New York. Miriam Maima has been a coach and facilitator for over 20 years, dedicating her life to studying the overlap between business and psychology. Miriam has coached founders and executives at hundreds of companies, including a dozen billion-dollar-plus companies. She is managing partner of Evolution, a coaching and cultural firm. She often partners with companies from Series B all the way through going public. She works one-on-one with senior leaders, facilitates team offsites, and develops customized leadership development journeys for leaders at all levels. Her specialty is in helping people unlock the next level of performance while maximizing authenticity. Miriam's credentials include an MA in Organizational and Management Development, a BA in Business and Psychology. She's a Master Certified Coach with the International Coaching Federation, a Fellow at the Harvard Institute of Coaching, and a member of Forbes Coaches Council. Let's welcome Miriam Maima. Miriam, welcome to the BCF ORG podcast, The Business of Business. Brian, thank you for having me. It is absolutely my pleasure to be here chatting with you today. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Miriam, I'm always interested in people's story. What's your background in becoming the managing partner at Evolution? Yes, a great question. Uh, I feel like there's so many different threads to this story. So just as a kind of a spoiler alert, I feel like I'm doing what I was born to do. And so there's not really any one piece of my story that leads, has led to me being managing partner at Evolution. Everything has led to me being managing partner of, at Evolution. If I pull on one thread of my life and a, a truly a pivotal transformational moment for me was back in 2008. So I was at that point, a client manager for a consulting company. I, I thought that I was I thought I made it. I thought I was doing what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I was basically a culture leadership consultant. And so I was swimming around in data of companies like Clorox, Nintendo, gosh, you name it, JetBlue. There were so many name brand companies that uh, had hired us to understand their culture and how it was driving or hindering their long-term success. And I loved it. I loved understanding the ins and outs of each company. And I really thought that I was, like I said, doing what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. I just thought I'd made it. And at that moment, started going through divorce. And then my mom passed away quite suddenly. And somehow in the middle of that, my work, which is one of the sole sources of fulfillment in my life, all of a sudden started to feel more and more empty. It just started to feel like a job more than a passion. 
And at that moment, I hired my first coach and she helped me in so many ways, not the least of which was learning how to drop out of my left brain, my analytical thinking mind into my heart and into my intuition and understand how to think beyond what I had been trained to imagine as was possible for myself. I started a series of decisions in my life at that moment that really set me on fresh trajectories every few years where I continually surprise myself of what I'm capable of in terms of accomplishing in my own life and inspiring the lives of others. It's amazing when those life-changing moments happen to you. Yeah. It causes you to take a step back. It, it does, right? And just reevaluate what you're doing. Right. Sometimes it's a little more subtle. And I and I work with people to help tune into those subtle moments. But most of the time, it takes us being kind of bulldozed to start to wake up. We're going to be talking about work-life balance in a few minutes here. But I'd like to touch on leadership. What is the new wave of leadership? So if... I were to ask everyone listening right now to imagine a leader who smiles. So leaders who smile, someone who in a leadership position is able to face the challenges of their role with a smile on their face. That essentially captures what I believe to be the new wave of leader. I think it requires a capacity to be grounded, present, to be able to overcome stress, to find ways to connect with humans and unlock potential in other humans and activate creative thinking on a consistent basis. So Leaders Who Smile captures it in a few words, but essentially I want more and more decision makers to have the training and self-awareness to be able to think more creatively, I guess is one way to put it, about what's possible and start pushing their own thinking and the thinking of those around them. Well, those of us that are business owners or, or managing corporations are always interested in growth. But how do you preserve your company culture while you scale your business? Yeah, that's I, that's basically what I've spent my whole career figuring out. Essentially, there are basic elements of any organization's DNA. And we could call that the company's culture. We could call it the, the essence. We could call it the, the soul of the company. It was probably there when it was first founded. And as we bring in new senior leaders, it's very easy for that culture or that kind of personality of the business to get diluted. And in those moments of potential dilution is a, an important choice point for the senior managers of that organization to decide, are we going to preserve the culture that helped get us to where we are? Or are we going to adapt and allow ourselves to be kind of changed by the people who are coming in. And the balance of those two things is essentially what will allow any organization to preserve its culture as it scales. We're speaking with Miriam Maima, managing partner at Evolution. Miriam, as a manager or company owner, how do you find your sustainable pace? Ooh, great question, Brian. How do you find your sustainable pace? You're using some of my favorite words in that question, first of all. I think that most people, so I think about two axes, uh, one is one being authenticity, the other being effectiveness, and we can never go too far with one away from the other. So we really have to keep both axes in mind at all, all times. We have to think about authenticity and effectiveness. So to find our sustainable pace, we need to know ourselves and how to practice versions of what I would probably call self-care 
or resilience building management practices. And so for me, that's making sure I get enough sleep, enough water, have enough breaks throughout my day, that I have enough planning time for key meetings. I personally like to exercise and meditate, but everybody has their own list of rituals that they're either going to do or they're not going to do. And the more they do them, they are able to show up as a better version of themselves. And so usually they are not able to even tap into what their unique paces or what their authentic paces without having done those things first. And then I would say, I actually, as I think about it, I, I believe in sustainable pace as a, do I? Hmm. I'm not sure I do. I'm not sure I believe in that. I think that there are sprint, there's times for sprint or hustle and there's times for rest or recharge. And that if we're trying to maintain one pace the whole time, we'll miss out on key moments of opportunity for our inflection points for us as leaders or us for the business. Following up on that question, how do you manage a work-life balance? Yeah, I think that if I may, before we started recording, you and I were talking about identity and how easy it is for entrepreneurs, for us, for our identity to get wrapped up in work and for our waking hours to be devoted to work. And while that is important way to kind of spend our lives, it if we allow work to totally eclipse any other aspects of our identity or our purpose or what we're prioritizing in our life, then we will at some point become unsustainable as leaders. And so I, I do think that we'll actually tap out sooner than we need to. So in my mind, work-life balance is about thinking holistically about who we are as humans, thinking about the people that we care about inside and outside of work, our health, our well-being, which is incorporates health, but it's broader than that. It's thinking about finding hobbies. It's amazing how many clients I have that just have to practice and experiment to figure out what the heck they like to do outside of work. And I really encourage people to do that early in life because so many people, they find themselves 59, 69, looking at important birthdays or perhaps they're transitioning out of full-time work. And for the first time in their lives, they're asking themselves, who am I? And the, I think the sooner and more often we ask ourselves that question about who am I, the easier it is for us to create this work-life balance that will allow us to be a more effective leader. We're speaking with Miriam Maima, managing partner at Evolution. Uh, Miriam, work can be very stressful. Uh, how do we generate more joy and fulfillment at work? Yeah, great question. I believe that in order to create more joy at work, we simply have to know this kind of goes back to some of my favorite tricks to sustain my energy throughout the day. I think most of us are thinking about the tasks that we need to do, or maybe we've evolved and studied enough to start to focus on the time and how we allocate our time. But very few people are looking at their energy and how they're managing their energy. And so that's really the huge unlock so that people can start to experience more joy and fulfillment is noticing there are natural ebbs and flows to our energy. Most of us have a pretty standard cycle. Maybe we're higher performers in the morning when we have a crisp mind. Other people prefer to leave their best work for the end of the day. And so if we think about the, our natural ebbs and flows to our energy and start mapping our tasks to that energy cycle, we will be able to 
usually access more sustained energy and therefore joy. Is there anything I haven't asked that you'd like to add? Oh my gosh, of course, Brian, we do not have enough time for you to ask me all the questions, but I, the, I, I don't know. Let me think about that for a second to see if there's anything else. I guess in conclusion, I just would offer an invitation or a challenge to anyone listening to find one thing that they can do for themselves to rise above whatever stress that they're facing. Each and every one of us are is facing stress and we're going to have to start doing less with more or more with less. <laughs> we're going to have to start doing more with less in terms of resources. And that will ask of us to be increasingly creative and rise above stress, which in basically to like a quick little synopsis of the brain is when we're stressed, cortisol levels increase and blood gets diverted from our prefrontal cortex into our limbic brain. We just start making decisions out of fear. And that creates a natural downward spiral for a lot of businesses. It's not necessary. And the future, the basically, if we think about fortune favors the bold. And so even moving forward in this time of kind of economic uncertainty, every leader will have an opportunity to be increasingly bold and creative. And so that comes down to doing the little things, the micro decisions literally have a little bit more water throughout the day. Take one deep breath or three if you can. And those are the little things that will allow you to look back on each day and feel proud of how you showed up, the life you lived, and the leader that you were. And in the end, that will actually matter more than anything. And somewhat ironically, the less we focus on the results, the less fear we'll feel. And so therefore, the more successful we'll be. Miriam, how can people get in contact with you? Leaderswhosmile.com. Did you see that one coming? I did not. Okay. Leaderswhosmile.com. It's at my landing page. You can find me on LinkedIn, Miriam Mima, M-E-I-M-A. And I will be glad to field any questions and support anyone I can. Thank you for joining us today on the BCF ORG podcast, The Business of Business. My sincere thanks to Miriam for being our guest. Managing the performance of your company is one of the most important things you do as a leader. This podcast is on over 20 directories. Subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast. In search, type BCF-ORG. Be sure to leave a space between BCF and ORG. Feel free to share this podcast with people who you think may benefit. A strong rating of these podcasts would be appreciated. If you'd like to reach out to me with any questions, comments, ideas, or potentially be a guest like Miriam, please go to bcforg.com. There's a red Contact Us button in the middle of the homepage. A LinkedIn symbol is on the upper right. Click on that if you'd like to see my profile. All the podcasts are available by clicking on the website podcast page in the reference bar. These podcasts will be released the first and third Tuesday each month. In the next episode, 59, our guest will be Julie Noonan, Executive Coach. In business, running a successful, profitable business is the ultimate scorecard. You are never done and can always be better. It tends to be more fun than work, frustrating at times, but can be very rewarding. From BCF ORG Corp., I'm Brian Fisher, wishing you the best. Thanks.